Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Wrestling with the Locals. For Titanic, I am Gabriel Devine. Today, we've got another local superstar on our show here today who's done a lot in this business around this area. He's known very well in the Arkansas, Memphis, Tennessee area, and all over. Yes. Pretty much everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, all that Alan Steele. Alan, how you doing? Hey, buddy? I'm good, guys. How about you? Doing good. Good. So, our first question is when we ask everyone. Everybody likes to know how you got your start and who trained you. Um, well, I got my start in 1997, um, and I was trained by a guy around here. I'm sure a few people know uh, superstar Bill Dundee. Uh, he's actually my mentor. Um, I, it was funny, I was trying, I was looking around, trying to find somebody to train. I was really wanting to get in the wrestling business. And I came across Charlie Parks, which you may know, you may not. But in Memphis, he used to run uh, IWA and uh, had his own, like, had a green trailer, all that stuff. Had it, kept a ring in his yard. And I actually knew his niece. And she was like, well, I kept telling her I was trying to get into wrestling. And she's like, well, come meet my uncle. And so we, my cousin and I. Uh, went to one of their events that they had at the uh, National Guard Armory over on Holmes Road in Memphis. So and I met him, and he let me get in the ring, and I got in there. And, of course, everybody, you know, thinks they want to run and hit the ropes, and I found out real quick how hard those <laughs> the ropes really were. Um, but that never panned out. Uh, then I crossed paths with Sid Vicious uh, at French Riviera Spa and got to talking to him about it, and uh, he agreed to train me. But there was always like a little hiccups here and there. We couldn't run each other down, track each other down. So finally, uh, Power Pro Wrestling was on Channel 5 in Memphis. And I said, you know what, forget it. I just wrote them a letter and asked them if they had a school that I really want to train and all this. And uh, so they, I was surprised. They wrote me back like the next week. And they were like, we got a school. And it's ran by none other than uh, Bill Superstar Dundee. So... The following week, I was at Channel 5. Um, after TV was over, I met Bill. I uh, met Bill and Samantha at the time. Um, and they gave me all the details, what it was going to cost me, uh, where I could go get knee pads and all that stuff, because they were already warning me about Matt Burns and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I went and did that. I actually went to the bank and took out a loan so I could pay for it. Uh, that's why a lot of times when guys, you know, want to go skimpy on paying for training, I have no sympathy for them. Uh, so, but that's how I got my start, man. And every, every Wednesday night after that for about six months or so, I was try, uh, traveling to either Jackson, Tennessee or McKenzie, Tennessee, uh, at one point, uh, to train. And I trained with, uh, Blake Boudreaux, Derek King, Trey Keller, Lance Jade, uh, Naughty by Nature Rude. Uh, I had a lot of people who put a lot of time and, and you know, effort into me. And so uh, I, I'm very appreciative of all of those guys. And uh, But uh, as far as getting my start, that's it, man. Bill Superstar, Dundee, I don't know if you get any better than that, you know. Right. Hell of a name to, to hook up with to get your start. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I thought I was lucky, you know, Moondog Spot. And, right. I mean, that's, I mean all, that, all that history there, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. God. So, uh, do you remember who your first match was against? Uh, absolutely. Um, it was against Rude, uh, one of the guys that helped train me. And 
Uh, it wasn't Alan Steele then. Uh, it was uh, the Handsome Stranger, which uh, <laughs> was a, uh, a, a actual character that Marcus uh, Buff Bagwell did in Global Wrestling down in Texas, and Dundee and Samantha and them were around that time, uh, around in Texas around that time. That whole gimmick was going, so I had to. I had the tuxedo and the roses and all that stuff, and uh, I remember it plain as day, man. It was in uh, a gym in McKenzie, Tennessee, because there was a guy that was training with us, and we called him Big Bubba. He did all that strongman stuff. I watched watched him roll a, a frying pan. I watched him rip a license plate in half, and this guy was, like, legitimately scary strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, he um, had a gym. And McKenzie, and so he built the wall, and then half of it, he put the ring in there and let it stay in there. So we started training and running events in there. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Naughty by Nature Rude was my first match, and uh, I actually won my first match, which I was kind of surprised by that. And I uh, won uh, with a crossbody off the top rope. And the, the thing I remember the most about that day was uh, my, you know, of course, every, all your family wants to come and support you and show up to your first match. and. I'm looking around and I'm just like to get the three count and get my hand raised. I look up and when walks my family through the front door, they had just missed my first match. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was it was horrible timing, but they called a whole lot more after that. So it is not such really a big deal. My dad still feels guilty to this day a little bit, but, you know, I told him he's seen plenty of me. So <laughs> he didn't need to necessarily see that one. So it's all good. Yeah, the first match ain't usually the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, with Rude and I want to build a D card, you know, keep it simple, don't do a bunch of flashy stuff. So it, I didn't, it didn't have a lot of room for error, so it did okay. Yeah, I, I wrestled, uh, I had a tag partner, and we went and wrestled Rude and Tully at WWF, and that's pretty much what he said. We're just going to keep it simple. and Simple, oh, yeah. and simple is a lot better. People try to make it so much complicated than what it really is. And oh yeah. So. Um, yeah, the kitchen method works well. Keep it simple, stupid, so everybody can understand it. Now I remember the young, real young Alan Steele. When did when did you start doing the Power Pro? Power Pro. Um, I got into Power Pro within the first year that I broke into the wrestling business. Um, there was a situation where this is back when. Randy Hills and Brandon Baxter had the uh, WWE developmental contract. Right. And so I had been traveling around with Derek King and Corinth, Mississippi, Savannah, Tennessee, and a lot of shows for Rodney Grimes. Um, and we've been going up down the highway, so I've been spending a lot of time in the ring with him. And he helped me. I got to say, as much many feuds as Derek and I have had against each other, that uh, if there's anybody in the wrestling business that's helped me, uh, Derek King's probably helped me the most. Um, and I mean, granted, Bill trained me, but most of ninety percent of the time, I was in the ring with Derek. Bill was on the you know floor telling us what to do. We did it wrong. Do it again. That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but Power Pro was on TV. I had started training, and they were looking for an opponent for uh, Steve Bradley. And I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was uh, Steve Bradley was amazing. Um, but they needed an opponent for him at the New Daisy Theater uh, show that they were putting on, and it was on a uh, Friday night. And so uh, I remember I got a phone call from Derek, and he sounded frantic. I was like, man, what's going on? He goes, I don't have time to talk. Randy Hills is about to call you. 
answer your phone. It'll be an 870 area code. I said, all right, cool, no problem. So <laughs> Randy calls and he, uh, you know, tells me that he'd like to, you know, take a look at me at the uh, New Daisy. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm about to go down here and, and just get my ass handed to me for lack of better uh, term. Yeah. And uh, go down there and me and Bradley, Steve Bradley had a legitimate match. And he had downtown Bruno as his manager um, and went off without any hiccups. And then before I left that night, they were like, hey, so uh, you want to come to TV tomorrow? I go, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there started my uh, power pro wrestling uh, uh, career. And uh, I, I was always proud that I made it on Memphis television within my first year of uh, breaking in because that was one of my, I had three goals set for myself and that was one of the main ones was to be on Memphis TV, you know, so, and I can actually say I've accomplished all three of those at this point. So I, if I, when I hang them up, I'll be, I'll be in good, in a good spot. I know they, uh, uh, I'm not for sure what year it was, but I met you when they started doing the Power Pro and Moondog Championship Wrestling combination where some of y'all yeah. come down there, Seven and Derek and everybody would come down on Friday nights. Yep, I remember that. Absolutely. That I, that was one, you know, that's one of my those fond memories of wrestling. Because, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool. You know, we're wrestling with guys that are on Channel 5 and everything. And some of our guys got to come up there. And I got to connect mm-hmm. with you once, which I always thought fondly of you. You was a really nice guy from the get-go. And... A real good head on his shoulders and everything. So, I mean, I've always cherished your friendship and everything that we've had. Yeah, I mean, I can say the same thing about you. I've never, never seen you, you know, on a, I guess, have a bad day and in a bad mood. And, you know, there's plenty of uh, pricks in this business, and you're definitely not one of them. But uh, we used to enjoy coming over to uh, Osceola for, you know, for Moondog and, and LaFonce and, had a good time uh, at some of those. There were some some rough physical matches. I remember me and Chris Hollywood had a pretty nice one one time, hitting each other with everything that wasn't nailed down. And <laughs> but it was uh, uh, I always enjoyed. I love Larry to death, and um, he told me one time that if I could if I could grow my beard and my hair out and dye it blonde, he'd make me a moon dog, and I could go on the road with him. So, as he said, the way I hit Lance Jade with the chair, that I could, I definitely fit in as a moon dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone told me one time that a dog, when dog went on TV, that Lance Jade got scared one time because he had seen how dog hit somebody. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. And he was definitely afraid to get hit by him, so he kept on running from him and stuff. Yeah, what Lance doesn't know is that me and. <laughs> me and Larry were kind of not plotting against him, but we were kind of getting our jollies on seeing, you know, what all we could do to him. So I remember uh, uh, Larry busted a, a a drawer that came out of a desk over Lance's head, and it just hung around his head like a necklace. And I was there going, oh, my God. But if Larry hit you, you knew you were hit because he, he got a hold of me a few times. Oh, trust me, I, I know he's, he got a hold of me a lot. Even when we were training, he would get a hold of me. Then that's when oh, I yeah. found out when uh, I was starting. My dad told him, he said, now, he's been a big wuss most of his life. Eat, eat the hell out of him. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> he didn't do you any favors. Yeah, none, none whatsoever. Um, I know you've done a lot in your career. 
I know you've been on WWE TV. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sir. Uh, I've, I've worked for WWE, oh my gosh, I don't know how many times, a bunch. Um, I'm actually on one of their DVDs, um, the new and improved Degeneration X DVD. I'm a, you know, they, they bring in local talent and have you do, you know, security and backstage uh, skits and all this type thing. And uh, there's one where I'm a police officer with a bunch of uh, extra guys and we ended up... Uh, Shawn Michaels is when Shawn Michaels and Triple H were feuding with uh, the McMahons. Yeah. And we did, they, there was a scene and uh, Shawn broke into the McMahon's office and went after Shane and we were stopped trying to stop him. And he ended up hitting me. And so we arrested him. And so it was, it was pretty cool. It's, it made the DVD. So I, I was uh, proud of that, which I didn't know it made the DVD. One of the guys that wrestles around here named Mo Stiegel, he was like, do you know you're on the DX DVD? I go, no, <laughs> no clue. But, uh, uh, so he told me like the disc and which frame and all that. So of course I went out to the store the next day and bought the DVD. Um, so yeah, that's my, I guess my claim to fame is that, um, as far as WWE goes, I was, uh, Sunday night heat rude and I tagged up against, uh, Garrison Cade and Mark Jindrak. And then, um, I also did some dark matches and stuff for him in Alabama, Nashville, uh, Memphis. Uh, I've worked for him, I don't know, 20 times or so. And uh, it's, you know, it's awesome, man. Like, you know, especially when you first do it, you go in there and it's it's so big compared to what you're used to. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, if nothing else, it's worth getting booked just for catering because they feed you like a king. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's worth it's worth going just to eat because they they got like food all day long, and it's not like trail mix and stuff. It's steaks, and you know, I mean they they've got it just lined up because uh, they know you're going to be there, you know, quite a quite a while. And that's one of the reasons, and I hate always to say that, but that kind of burnt out on going and working for for them because you know you. You'd want to show up early to show them that you were serious about being there, and there'd be times that there'd be times you get to get in the ring and work out. There'd be times that you would, you know, get to uh, show them like your uh, promo and interview skills. But there's a lot of times, man, that you just get there and sit. And those those days, you know, you're there for eleven, twelve hours a day with nothing going on. And they're so busy that if they don't have nothing for you, then you're just pretty much forgotten, you know, because they're, they're going through their stuff all day long and making sure, you know, they have live TV, you don't have much room for error. So, right. but it, you know, if, if someone is, you know, in the business and they've never done it, at least try to do it once because, you know, it's something that you don't get on your regular weekend shot somewhere, you know, locally. Um, but it, it's, it's real cool. I mean, I got in the ring, I got to work out with guys like, and one day I was in the ring with, um, uh, Undertaker, Fitz Finley, um, Arn Anderson, um, uh, gosh, who else? I mean, it was a bunch of guys, John Morrison, um, Luther Reigns when he was there, it was, it was really cool. And then just to be in the ring with Arn Anderson, man, I was like, freaking out a little bit because I'm a huge Arn Anderson fan. Oh, and so when, when I got in there and we actually, 
locked up and me and Triple H locked up and we're trading shots and stuff and it was definitely uh, I wish somebody was like recording it for me you know out down the crowd so I could have a copy of it it was it was real cool man so what was it what's what's it, I mean how's Triple H really act like I mean is he <laughs> oh he's super cool um I of course he's so busy Especially now, like back then, he didn't do as much as he does. Mm-hmm. He was still wrestling and stuff uh, instead of running everything. But he um, he would be he treats you like you know just one of the boys, man. We um, when we first started going and doing stuff for him, we they didn't have separate locker rooms for the extra talent and uh, main roster guys. So we literally shared the locker room with Triple H and Billy Gunn and. Uh, Ric Flair, Hunter, I mean, all these guys. In, in fact, they tried to pull a rib on me. Um, I was sitting, it was me, Rude, and, and uh, uh, me, Rude, and Poker Face. We're sitting there, and down sits, like, directly to my left sits Kane. And I was going, Jesus, this dude is huge. And uh, <laughs> this is back when, I don't know if you remember, but he used to uh, wear a black towel over his head. Yeah. At one yeah, point, he did the. Uh, he, they removed his mask. Yeah. So like, not long after that, we're we're working a show, and uh, I got up. I think I just got up to go use the bathroom, and I came back, and then he was gone, and then he came back, and he started doing. Anybody seen my towel? And I'm sitting there looking. I go, I haven't seen your towel, and everybody's just kind of looking around in their bags and stuff. And, so I'll go open my bag, and there's this freaking towel. <laughs> and I looked around, and he's giving me this look like, are you stealing my towel? I go, hey, man, <laughs> I wasn't even in here, and I know y'all are trying to play rib on the uh, extra guy, and that's fine. I said, but please, please here's your towel back. <laughs> you can have, you can have my towel. <laughs> I tried to give him my towel, too. I'll go, here, here's another one. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I don't need your big butt coming after me over a towel. So, but yeah, it was pretty cool. They, they were trying to rip me, and uh, I just like you know. Of course, you just go along with everything. Hell, you're trying to get a job, so right. it was. We had some good times, man. We got to see Rick Flair a little bit on the tipsy side, messing around, playing with Hunter Hearst, Elmsley's hair, and all this kind of stuff. It was. <laughs> it was. It was pretty cool. Play with his hair. So you made uh, you made Titanic jealous because he's a huge uh, a, a mark for Triple H. I mean he's oh uh, yeah he's awesome dude. Man he's over on him. Yeah I'm a Shawn Michaels mark. I'll just I'll just be straight honest. If it's not Shawn Michaels or Jeff Jarrett, I mean Lord. Hey that's a good combination though. Back if you I don't know if I get I'm sure you've seen all their matches like back in the day of them against each other on WWE. They had some good ones man. Didn't they? But, uh, man, let's get back to you. You've worked all over the place here in Arkansas, I know, Tennessee. Where yes, else sir. have you worked? I mean, you've traveled, you know, you went and worked with WWE, but where have you worked, uh, you know, just for yourself, for shows and, and stuff? What states? I mean. Um, well, most most of my matches in, in, in my career have been in the Mid-South. Um, you know, I worked for uh, Burt Prentice a bunch back in the day, and he did some stuff in Kentucky and Alabama. Uh, wrestled in Missouri and Louisiana. Uh, my longest trip was probably to Taylor, Michigan, um, a few years back. And me and Derek and Sir Mo and, um, 
I can't remember if Chris Rocker went. No, it was it Flex was there? I uh, used to wrestle around Dyersburg area, yeah. and uh, we um, that was a long ride, man, to Taylor, Michigan. We rented a van and we all just jumped in and went up there, and we had a blast. But it um, that I'd say I'm trying to think, Tennessee, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, probably eighty percent of everything I've ever done. But like I said, uh, Bert. Uh, was in Nashville instead. He's in Jackson now. But when he was in Nashville, we uh, we did Kentucky, Alabama, uh, like Muscle Shoals. Uh, I can't remember what parts of Kentucky, but we had a bunch of fairs. And uh, of course, he had TV. And when TNA was on, he was he was kind of helping with TNA at the fairgrounds, and we would be there doing extra stuff there. Um, so I mean, I've uh, I've put a lot of miles on my cars and my buddies' cars, and you know, so. Got to see some places that uh, that if it wasn't for wrestling, I would have probably never gone. And heck, if I went for wrestling, I probably wouldn't know that they existed. So mm-hmm. there's some really small towns out there that <laughs> you go. This place is called what? You know? I'm so that, man. yeah, but no, I've, it's been it's been 21 years I've been wrestling, and I've I don't know how many towns I've been in, but I've been to a bunch of them, and it's been a blast this whole time, and I love it. And you've held you've held some championships. I mean, you uh, at certain companies. I, did you ever hold anything with Power Pro? No, you know the uh, it's funny. I was almost a Power Pro heavyweight champion. Uh, there's a long story about that one with Wolfie D. Um, and then you know they had that Young Guns championship. And you know when I was first breaking in, I, I started looking at that Young Guns title. Like you know if I can get that title, that's like another. I try to set goals like improving grounds for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not going to put that title on me unless they think that I'm quality, you know. So my goal was to get good enough for them to trust me to put that title on me. Um, and when we started getting into a run where there was a possibility of me doing that, that's when Powerful ended up going out of business, actually, uh, for whatever reason that actually is, because I've heard a bunch of different, you know, views and versions of the real story behind that too. So, uh, but it, um, nah, man, I, I found out recently, um, the NWA Mid-South title, apparently I'm the, uh, youngest guy ever to have that title by a matter of, I don't know, a few months, maybe, uh, Golden Boy, Greg Anthony, he's such a historian. He gave me a call one day and he was like, how old were you back in whatever? I was 24 or something like that. So, I mean, that would have been like 2000. Um, and so I, I like edged this guy by like three months or something. And he's like, man, he's been thinking he's the youngest this whole time. I said, well, you make sure you tell him that second place, <laughs> second place ain't so bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I've had, I've had a bunch, man. I, you know, I had titles all around Dyersburg and WWF. And I actually, that won that title from Blake Boudreaux, who was like, Jerry Lawler of Dyersburg at the time. It was crazy. It was like he was unbeatable. And when I beat him, people were like, what the heck? Where'd this guy come from? You know, but uh, it, uh, I've had, a, I've never been a guy that needed a title. You know, I've always just, right. uh, I, I try to, when I do have them, I try my darndest to make them mean as much as I can. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've had quite a few. I've never kept track of how many or, you know, that kind of thing. I know a lot of guys, man, they can tell you, 
how many matches they've had, how many wins and losses they've had, how many titles and all this type of stuff. And I, I can tell you I've been wrestling for 21 years. That's about it. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, you know, you just, time goes by so fast and you, you try to stay so busy and, you know, there's some weekends we were doing, you know, five, you know, five events in, you know, with over a two day span. So, you know, you, you just kind of, it all becomes a blur at some point. And, you know, unless it's something that really just sticks out, you know, uh, it, it something that I don't, I don't really keep track of that much. That's understandable. I mean, that's not what, I mean, most people do, I mean, you do get in the business to be a champion, but you want the big championship, not the the little ones, and you still, I mean, they still matter, but they don't matter as much as the one you're chasing for real. Right. Well, you know, I, my, my title would, at this point, would be a full-time contract <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> uh, so if I get that grade, you know, I mean, it's a lot like, you know, it's very unlikely that I will at this point. Once you get in your 40s, you kind of, past your prime uh so you know i'm 42 just turned 42 this year and uh so but i still i still like to get in the ring and, and get the job done so uh you know the titles if they come they come if they don't eh, you know that's just my bag weighs a little less i understand that so i got a question all right okay the big question is who came up with the uh all that and a bag of chips <laughs> um so at Power Pro, we're sitting around, and they had they had a few guys that would come to TV every Saturday, and they would uh, like columnist guys, you know, they'd write the reviews and all this type stuff. Well, there's this one guy, super nice guy, and he, he took a liking to me. His name is Craig Allen, and uh, he's a great guy. And I remember one day, uh, I think it was after we were done at TV. Uh, they would hang around after. It was like him and Wayne and Hal, and it was about three or four of them that were there every single week, never missed. And um, after TV, we're out there and we're just chit-chatting in the studio, and Brandon Baxter uh, goes, hey, man, have you met Craig? And we walk over there, and he introduces me to Craig. And he's like, Craig just starts spitting this idea at me. He's like, man, you, should, you need like a, a nickname. He goes, he goes, I'm just wrestling as Alan Still at this point. And uh, he's like, you really could use a nickname. And uh, and I told him because <clears throat> my favorite wrestler of all time, like hands down, there's there's is not really a close second. It's Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. There you go. And I'm a huge fan. Uh, I, Kurt Henning is the reason that I wear a singlet instead of you know trunks or tights. Um, Kurt Henning is the reason I wear a towel to the ring. Um, so, I mean, I, he's a big influence on me. Um, and so, uh, I was telling, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of like to do something sort of cocky to be honest with you. And <laughs> so we're, we're like throwing names out and stuff. And I said, well, if I remember right, I came up with all that is either me or Craig. And, um, so anyway, when they, when all that was said, I was like, there's something else I think real deal has been said. And I, and I've used that before too, but, um, I try not to go by that per se because there's a guy in Mississippi, uh, Neil Taylor, that's gone by a real deal, Neil Taylor, for some years now. Um, I seen him last week at the uh, Redeemed Wrestling Show. Yeah, and I, I, I try not to go by that, and then they were calling me that for a while until I say that I'm the real deal, but I don't call myself real deal. I don't steal anymore. I, I go by, I still go by all that. Um, but me and Craig 
were talking about that, and uh, it may have been him, man. I can't like I said for sure. It's one of him, either him or myself, came up with all that thing. And I remember I said, and then some. And so uh, then they came up, and somebody said, and a bag of chips. And so one day I asked Brandon, I go, would y'all care if I carried a bag of chips to the ring with me? And they were like, no, not at all. So every day at TV, I'd go to the vending machine before my match and buy a, the cheapest bag of chips in the machine and, and walk out to the ring with them. And uh, my goal was actually to have this big, oversized uh, chip bag made and to where I could stuff it and then put like a big cookie sheet or something in there. <laughs> and so I could uh, use it to knock people out and finally one day, you know, get caught with a loaded bag of chips. Uh, and never, I never did. I, yeah, I never got that made, but uh, I still, it's not too late. I still might, you know, so. When you, I remember when you first went out to the ring with it on TV and you uh, you threw it out. You, you stood around, they said all that. You said I had a bag of chips and you threw it out to the crowd. Yeah, I, I tried to make sure it was open so I could fling chips all over everybody. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because Brian Christopher's funeral recently, there was somebody in the, sitting in the in the funeral and I'm walking around, you know, like speaking to people. And the lady goes, you're not all that. I go, lady, we're at a funeral. This ain't the time, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, I am and, and then some, by the way. So uh, it's like, let it go today. Just, just for one day, let it go. But right. no, I appreciate stuff like that. You know, we... Fans, if it went for them, we've heard it a million times. It wouldn't be us, and that's so true. But amen to that, brother. Yes, sir. So, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I mean, I used to remember going to places, and you know, I'd be out with a wife or girlfriend, or before or after a divorce or whatever, and uh, people would just walk. Hey, man, how many has that been? You, <laughs> you act like that's pretty common, huh? He's trying <laughs> like to catch up with Flair on that divorce thing. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's like at four now. <laughs> well. You're chasing the best, eh? <laughs> Seen a tidying for 16. <laughs> Titanic's <laughs> going for the divorce tie. Right. <laughs> oh, better him than me. <laughs> so, we'll, 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 I've cut you off. I'm sorry. You were saying you would you would go to a show and what now? I would now? go to shows and, uh, I, well, I'd go out to eat or stuff, and people would walk up to the table and, and ask for an autograph and stuff like that. I mean, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of weird to me. I mean, I'm, I didn't think I was somebody special. Right. But, I mean, well, you know, that's the thing. We may not be so special to us, but you never know how you're affecting that person in the crowd, you know? Because yeah. I'm sure there were there were, sure there were people out there who Titanic was their absolute favorite wrestler, you know? And I'm sure there may have been one or two besides my dad that really liked Alan Steele, <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy, man, because I see I meet a lot of people you know, traveling and whatnot and uh, just walking in, like, say you go grocery shopping. I see, I've had a lot of people stop me and go, man, you look just like that wrestler guy. I go, oh, yeah? I said, man, is he any good? <laughs> you know, I never tell him that it's me. You know, I just keep on keep on going. But, you know, you never know. If it, it, it's There's still some really, really dedicated fans out there, and, and they see you, and, you know, that means a whole lot to them. You know, so, and like I said, it's great without them. Heck, this industry would be shut down. Amen. 
if they wasn't paying and putting their butt in a seat, we wouldn't be able to get gas to get home or whatever the case may be, man. Right. I agree there. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you have any funny memories or greatest matches that you want to share or talk about? Man, I, um, I've always prided myself in being able to get in the ring with guys who were more established than myself, you know, names per se, um, and, um, being able to keep up with them. You know, it was always, always a big deal to me to be able to, uh, uh, not, not, I never wanted to be the reason that the match wasn't good, you know, and I, to, I wanted my work to be on another level from any and everybody else around. So, um, you know, I've, I've wrestled, I've wrestled a lot of quote unquote famous wrestlers worldwide known. Um, one of the, one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is, uh, uh, Cookville, Tennessee. Um, Sir Mo was running, running the show and he had booked several of the TNA, um, stars. So like Superman, Jason Reed wrestled AJ Styles. Um, we were just talking about this earlier at the event I was at today. Um, Seth Knight, which I don't think he's even in the wrestling business anymore, but Seth Knight wrestled, um, oh, Sonny Siaki, I want to say. Um, and I got to wrestle Jerry Lynn. And I used to be, and I, and I still am, big fan of Jerry Lynn. Because I used to watch him and Rob Van Dam have these ridiculously entertaining and athletic matches. And so I, as soon as I found out I'm wrestling Jerry Lynn, I'm sitting there in my head, I'm going, I'm not RVD, I can't do that stuff. But, you know, of course, Jerry Lynn is Jerry Lynn. So yeah, I could have just shown up and he just grabbed me and the match would have been great. But um, we we went out there and I remember during the match, I was I was sitting there and I look up in the, in the bleachers and there's Sir Mo sitting there and Sonny Siaki sitting there watching the match. And I didn't realize that Sonny Siaki was such a big fan of Jerry. And so after the match, I go to the back. We had a really good match. Um, everybody was pleased with it. And Sonny Siaki came up to me. It's one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. He said, um, I just want you to know that, you know, I've traveled a lot, uh, around a lot with these same crew of guys. And I've yet to see a guy on the independent scene be able to go with Jerry Lynn until tonight. And so I was like, oh, crap. So I, you know, of course, I had a smile from ear to ear and felt great and all that type of stuff. And. You know, I wrestled Jerry Lynn several times, you know, after that, too. But when Sonny Shockey told me that, man, it was, I just like, dang, I feel like I had accomplished something, you know, because uh, those guys were in TNA, and that was the number two company in the world at the time. And Like, man, maybe, you know, maybe that's the door I need to try to get in instead of WWE. Everybody wants to shoot for WWE, you know. Again, there's nothing wrong with second place, so I'd take a silver medal in a heartbeat. Uh, but... That one, um, I've wrestled like Chris Masters. I've wrestled, oh gosh, I mean, as far as local guys, you know, of course the Lawlers, the Dundies, Brian Christopher, Doug Gilbert, all these guys. Uh, but uh, Carlito, and uh, I don't know if you remember Chris Hamrick, who was in ECW back in the day. Yeah, but him and I, uh, him and I had a real good match in uh, the Carolinas. I wrestled uh, Gunner from TNA. 
uh, in uh, the Carolinas because I was flying up there to go do some shots. Um, so, I mean, I, I've, I've been able to step in the ring with some really good guys. And then another one that really sticks out happened over in um, Searcy, Arkansas. And it was uh, me versus Sonny Siaki. And uh, Mick Foley was the special guest referee. Was that TCW? And so, huh? Was that TCW? No, I wasn't TCW. Um, yeah, I got to wrestle a bunch of guys in TCW, too. Which that Tower Pro and TCW are hand-in-hand most favorite times of my wrestling career. Uh, just the, the locker rooms that I got to be in there, we developed a real, like, kinmanship and a real brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was a ton of fun, man. Me and my, my cousin, uh, Michael Berry, we got to tag up, and we had a, oh, my God, we had yeah, so much fun. Oh, man, it, it was awesome. We're, uh, we are 2019, we're getting the band back together, and we're going to try to do some big things in this next year. So we're both kind of setting some goals for ourselves to get in the top, you know, physical condition that we can get in, cardiovascular condition, so that uh, 2019, uh, me and my cuz, we're going to try to, you know, make some waves and get some people to notice us. So he's got some stuff planned. He's got a lot of contacts. So we're going to try to ride this wave and see what we can do, man. We're not getting any younger, you know, so we might as well do it now. Uh, but like a lot of those matches, you know, a lot of those guys like that are, are great because, like I said, I feel like I can prove myself if I can hang with these guys. And uh, I've got to do it with some really talented people. So, uh, yeah, as far as any any stories and stuff that I'm I'm real proud about, you know, all of those type matches where you get to the back and they're like, man, y'all guys just tore it up. And I think, well, thanks, you know. I just, I never want to be the guy that, like I said, screws up a match or just lags along. And there's a, oh, and I wrestle like Shane Douglas. I got to wrestle him, which was real fun. Um, and, you know, when you get to wrestle a variety of guys like that, you know, you just, you kind of become uh, a hybrid wrestler. You know, you learn all these different styles and you learn, you know, how different different parts of the country do stuff differently. And, you know, that's why I was, I was talking to some real young guys today. I said, look, man, if you, if you ever want to make it, you can't just stick around here. You just really can't. You, you need to go travel the country, see what it's like to wrestle down in Florida, see what it's like to wrestle in Texas, go up north, go out on the coast, you know, go go expand your uh, resume, you know, and, and really, really, you got to put in the miles, you got to put in the sacrifices, because otherwise, you know, you're going to be, you know, not necessarily one-dimensional, but you, you won't have a, you, you'll be shorting yourself in the long run, you know, you want to be the greatest you can be, and wrestling the same guys every week of your career, and that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, I guess that's why you've, uh, you dodged wrestling me all them years, I guess. <laughs> They tell me you were a shooter, man. I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, uh, I did. I don't know that we ever did wrestle, right? We never, I, we we never we... did get to wrestle to get against each other, and that's you know I've wrestled Derek and I've wrestled a bunch of guys, but wrestling you was always kind of on my list. And I'm not saying right. just to blow smoke up your ass, but I right. always said that she was the most underrated wrestler that deserved a contract. Man, I appreciate I'm a that. Huge fan of yours, and 
I, th I think you should have had a contract. You should have had that thing a long time ago. And I think you just, I don't know why they haven't done it, but I think you've been robbed out of it. Well, I appreciate that, and I've heard that, honestly. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I've heard that a bunch. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, part of it, not getting a contract, is uh, I, I, can, I can blame myself. You know, I, I can't. I can't blame WWE for not giving me a contract um, because, honestly, I didn't pursue it as aggressively as I should have, and that's why I try to give the advice to all the young guys because um, I could have definitely chased it a lot lot more. I really could, but I've always been a, a family-oriented guy, and I'm, I'm married, and uh, I like to be home with my wife. And I got two dogs, and I like to spend a lot of time with them. And I just, the schedule that WWE has, now Vince McMahon could call me and beep in on this phone call and I'd tell you bye and I'm packing my bags, but I would prefer to, you know, be home more often than those people get to. Now, granted, you know, you give me a, a nice chunk of change, I'll be the most committed guy you got so I can run through my contract and make enough money to where I can take care of my family the rest of my life. And then I, you know, can do, go back to doing what I'm doing now. But, um, you know, genetically, uh, I'm not genetically gifted to be some super shredded bodybuilder, you know, statuesque type guy. I've, I'm built like a, like a Bruno San Martino or, you know, just old school barrel chested, uh, you know, like it's a not a, like a what? Like a real man, not a machine. But like a wrestler, yeah. not a sports entertainer, <laughs> you know? So, um, and at the time when I was really in the age range that they look for, and I'm not knocking WWE for this because I think they're more open to hiring people that are a little older, that are, you know, different looks now. You know, they, they made a superstar out of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Kevin Owens is there, and he's not no chiseled physique by any means. Um, but those guys can go, you know what I mean? And now, honestly, I think I can get in the ring and go with those guys. Um and I mean, a few years ago, they were. I, I was, I was within probably inches of getting signed. To be honest, I had a very good uh, tryout match. Well, yeah, I had a very good tryout match. Uh, did promos and stuff like that, and they told me that you know I was very, very close, and, and I just needed to work on the promo part a little, a little more for what they like because they don't, they don't like you to sound like a wrestler. Right. And I sound like, and they told me, they said, you sound like a Southern wrestler. I said, well, guilty as charged, because that's what I am. And because uh, it was Paul Heyman that I was talking to. And he, you know, I was sitting there going, y'all brought me in this room to do promos in front of probably the top three greatest talkers in the history of professional wrestling. And you want me to, you know, crank this out and not be nervous and all that. So, after the deal, he pulled me to the side. He goes, man, you got it, man. And I, I was like, oh, my God. I felt so, like, so mm -hmm. mad because I knew how close I was. And then, like, there was a couple of other, the other guys that were sitting in there. And uh, it was William Regal and Brooklyn Brawler at the time. And uh, uh, Paul Heyman. There's a couple of other guys. I don't remember who the other two were, but. They, I mean, they were saying, like, man, you got it. Don't give up on it. Keep doing it, yada, yada, yada. That was five years ago because I, I remember I was 37 because they asked me my age. And they were like, ooh, man, your window of opportunity is real small. You got to capitalize on it now. 
And uh, I, I kind of got, you know, down in the dumps a smidge and was like, eh, and maybe it's just not for me. And I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have, like, you know, taken my ball and went home because I didn't, I stopped contacting WWE after that because uh, I didn't feel like I was going to get an opportunity. Uh, so a lot of the times, you know, guys just give up on themselves before the WWE gives up on you, you know, because they see millions of people, you know, a year because they book, you know, they have extra guys in every town, at least for TVs. So you're talking about six to 12 guys probably every Monday and Tuesday night. Well, hell, they're not going to remember you unless you do something fantastic to stick out, you know? So, uh, but I, I felt like I was real close. I mean, when they told me that, they were even interested in maybe having me do uh, like some announcing or something like that, but they didn't have an opening for it, they, is what I was told. You know, they didn't have a, a spot for uh, uh, somebody them to pay somebody to learn how to announce their way, basically. And I mean, they made some suggestions of some places I could go and that type of thing, but that would involve me uh, picking up everything. You know, I'd have to, I'd have to uh, sell my house, uh, relocate. Uh, hope that I could get in at this, and, uh, LVW is where they told me in Kentucky. Hopefully I could get in there and, you know, uh, actually get a spot and work with them to get seen by Impact Wrestling at the time. And then, you know, go from Impact and try to get hired at WWE. And I'm looking at the time frame of all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, this just doesn't make sense to me, you know, financially or fiscally. So I just kind of passed on it. And, uh, you know, and, and I wish that when I was in my 20s and I was, you know, really gung-ho about going there, that I was more dedicated on all the stuff that they look for instead of just wanting to be the best pro wrestler that I could be. Um, because it's not, I mean, y'all know, it's not how good you are per se as far as your wrestling talent. It's It's how good you are as far as your marketability, because if you can't make them money, then why should they pay you money? It's kind of how they look at it. So, you know, uh, it's, I, like I said, I don't regret a thing per se, as far as, you know, I, I don't hold them uh, down. I don't, I don't have any negative things to say against WWE uh, because, you know, they're still the, the biggest fish in the pond, you know, and of course, you'd be a fool unless you're making a killing on the Indies, which is possible now, which it wasn't then. Uh, you'd be a fool to tell them no. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, every guy that plays football doesn't make the NFL, and every guy that wrestles certainly doesn't make the WWE. You're true. right. I mean, I mean what, exactly what you said. I mean, you're exactly true. Not everybody's going to make it, and, you know, sometimes we're stuck doing these local shows, you know. You know, we may not be a star to us, but we're a star to somebody, and that's kind of, the. I mean, the big thing for people, you know, I mean, it depends on what you want to be when you you start this. And Correct. Yeah, everybody has their own goals. Right. Some people are good with just being a star in Osceola or Hoxie or Tuckerman or Memphis or whatever, and some want right. to be out there all over the place. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll say this, but uh, Tommy Dreamer gave kind of like a a pre-show speech one time at TCW. He was at one of the events. And uh, he said, you know, guys, it's very few and far between that make it uh, to WWE. You know, there's very few and even less that make it to WrestleMania. He said, but if you treat what you have in front of you as your WrestleMania, then none of your fans will go home disappointed. 
And I was sitting there and I was like, you know, that's pretty ingenious to be honest with you. You know, you, and that's the, that's the mindset that us as local independent wrestlers, that's the mindset we should have every night we go out there. You know, this, this should be, you know, the biggest thing going, you know, we shouldn't just say, Oh, well, I'm just wrestling, you know, in a high school gym. I'm just wrestling, you know, and a national guard armory or, you know, whatever the case may be, because all those guys up there in the WWE have started and, gyms and National Guard armories and, you know, all that stuff, too. And and all the old-school superstars came through Memphis. We all know that. So, you know, the style here can definitely still get you a job, you know, there. Um, because all Daniel Bryan, uh, all those guys who was super fun to, to work with, and uh, Brian Kendrick and all those guys came through. Uh, Power Pro, Kurt Angle. I mean, you know, guys that are still working for the company, uh, for WWE, came through Memphis. I mean, granted, they came to Memphis and Louisville, and, uh, you know, they were trained by uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez at Shawn Michaels School in Texas. And, uh, I mean, those guys were talented when they showed up, you know. So uh, I remember when Kurt Angle wasn't that great, you know. <laughs> but it's like he he went to sleep one day, and the next day he woke up, he was fantastic. So I, I don't know how that happened, but... I mean, he, he called on quicker than anybody I've ever seen. Amen. So I know you had an injury, <clears throat> a shoulder injury. Uh, how's that come on? Uh, well, you know, I thought it was my shoulder. And I've, I've been going to a chiropractor for the last, oh, heck. It, it feels like the last two years is what it feels like. But I've been going to a chiropractor for the last, I don't know, six months now. Um, it was actually my neck. Uh, and the pain was generating and, and radiating down into my shoulder. And I, I thought I had really messed up my shoulder, but, uh, my, I got two vertebrae that were, weren't bulging, but, and it was basically my neck was kind of misshaped, like the arc and the curve in it was kind of screwed up. Mm-hmm. And so I had the space in between two vertebrae, uh, were, there wasn't enough space, basically. So I uh, was getting some rubbing and some friction, and it was shooting pain down my right arm <clears throat> all the way down to my elbow. And uh, But I've been going to the chiropractor, and I've got, let's see, the last time he redid my x-rays, I had a 75% improve, uh, improval. Uh, I don't know if that's a word. Is it improvement uh, since when I, my original set of x-rays when I went there? Um, so, uh, I've made leaps and bounds as far as, uh, actual recovery. And, um, I feel, I feel pretty good. I actually got in the ring today, um, and gave this guy a suplex and, uh, I felt it because <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in the ring, but I, it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, dying you know, in pain and, and hurting or nothing like that. So um, I'm feeling pretty darn good, to be honest with you. And, uh, of course, I'm out of ring shape like crazy. So I got uh, to step up my game in the gym now and, and get my cardio back right and uh, and drop these pounds I've put on while I've been sitting on the couch. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a long road. But I'm going to try to get down that road as fast as I can. So I'm anxious now, man. I got you know my first taste back in there. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what the the future holds. Us. Like like I said, next year, me and 
Michael Barry going to try to do some stuff together. And I just really want to, I, I would love to make the Memphis wrestling scene a, a really big deal again. Um, and I'm trying, you know, while, with what I can do, uh, I help with uh, some stuff, you know, to help with the company at MBW out of Memphis. I tried to help with that company. And uh, we, had a, we had a really good uh, event today. So uh, things are looking pretty good. There's just there's just too many companies around here, <laughs> and way too many. Like Walgreens, we got one on every corner. Yeah, you got my number. I definitely want to hear from you when you get back. I'd love to have you up here in Paragol. I think the people would really, really love to, and they deserve to see somebody that can go like you. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I'll, uh, I'm trying to give myself a timeline. So by the end of the year, I mean, it's four months from today is uh, Christmas. You know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good about counting down to Christmas every year yeah, on Facebook. I, I like <laughs> so uh, four months from the day is Christmas. So uh, I'm, I'm actually giving myself like uh, the uh, to New Year's to see what I can do as far as uh, getting in, in shape. And my wife and I, we're both kind uh, of changed our eating habits up. So we're... We're doing a, a lot of vegetables and stuff and trying to eliminate all of that, you know, as much of the bad as we can. Of course, there's going to be some days where, you know, that Sonic ice cream is pretty good stuff. So it's hard to hard to avoid that when it's around the street from your house. <laughs> so there's going to be some uh, Sonic blasts and milkshakes in my future, but not nearly as many as it has been in my past. So we're going to see what we can do. And uh, uh, definitely I'll, 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 I'll give you a shout, man, because... Uh, Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be ready to rock and roll, man, in the very near future. I, uh, I don't know how often y'all doing stuff in Paragol. Well, we're we're kind of having to hold off right now because uh, <clears throat> we were work we were doing shows at the uh, fairgrounds. Okay. And they're uh, they're not letting nobody do anything right now because they got the fair coming up. The oh yeah, fair. well. So after that, after that's over with, we should be in there quite often. Is that that, uh, I've seen some pictures of a building over there. It's a really nice looking building. Uh, it's a big building. It holds, it'll hold about 1,500. We've, oh, we've had Derek King up there, Brandon Baxter, uh, Dustin Starr was there at the last show, uh, Action Jackson. Jack right, Rollins. yeah, Danny What's Dollar there? over there, right? Do what? When Danny Dollar over there some too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Long story we won't go into on this one. Oh, buddy. <laughs> well, man, I'm glad that you called us. Uh, it's been an honor getting to catch up with you. and Yes, sir. It's always great to hear from you. So I'm going to cut him off for a second because I want to be able to put this out there for you. In 2019, okay. when you come back, where can yeah. promoters find you and get information to book you? Do you have websites and, and stuff like that? I don't have a website. I do most of my wrestling stuff through uh, through Facebook. Okay. Um, I do have I do have an email address that they can book me on. But if they look on my Facebook, I've got a uh, I have an athlete page, uh, and it's got a right <laughs> right now the profile pic is me flipping off the cameraman. Um, so I'm, I may need to change that, but it's got all of my contacts. I've got a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and an email address that people can reach me um, as far as booking information. Uh, so yeah, I, I, if, if they're looking for me, I'm not I'm not hard to find. So hopefully, uh, I appreciate you letting me plug that. 
but the Facebook is the one I, I spend the most time and attention on. And to be honest with you, I've got my Twitter account linked to my Facebook. So if you see one, it's, it's on both. <laughs> so, and Instagram, I'm still getting used to. I think I've mastered Facebook pretty well. And then there's just too many of them, man. You know, I, after I got those three, I go, I don't care what else comes out. I'm just not going to have it. <laughs> this is just enough for me. So, but yeah, man, I do. I appreciate that because hopefully, like I said, 2019 will be a, kind of a big year for me. And, uh, and we'll see what, uh, we can still go out and entertain the fans and make them boo hits scream, you know, cheer, whatever they decide to do. Uh, I've had a long history of making them mad, so I'm pretty good at that part. Well, that's what this podcast is all about, man. We're both (laughs) huge fans of yours, and and we like to help you guys and throw y'all out there and get y'all over. So, I mean, that's what this is all about for us. Since we don't step in the ring as much anymore, we like to help you guys get your name out there. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. I know that, you know, it's a... over time, those bookings get you know fewer and far between because sometimes our bodies can't keep up to it, or just you know, I I tell my uh, brother and I tell uh, a lot of the guys go, you know, it sucks because uh, everyday life gets in the way quite a bit, you know. Um, and then once you start a family, of course, you know that's number one on the priority list. So. You know, anything comes up with them, then, you know, wrestling at some point, if you're not doing it for a career, it easily becomes a hobby. And it's easy to, you know, not do the hobby when you got, you know, stuff you really got to take care of. But uh, I've got a real understanding wife who has seen me sit around and kind of, you know, be itching to do something again. And she's all about me getting back out and, and running and gunning. So she, uh, she supports me wrestling 100 percent and so i'm i've got the ideal scenario right now for myself you know so hopefully like i said we'll uh hopefully i'll get to come over to paragold and and get beat up or beat somebody up and have a good time doing it either way it happens so be careful it could be me but i doubt it unless we're gonna do a, a walker on a pole match or something <laughs> right right you're gonna have to go up that pole though <laughs> Oh, brother. Well, man, we, we're glad to have you on here. It was a great catching up with you and hearing your story and everything. We'd love to have you come back on in a later date. Absolutely. Uh, always, you know, we're on the Wrestling with Locals on Facebook. Uh, your Twitter, episode will be, you'll be up soon. Man, you can share that like wildfire, and I'll send it to you if I have to. Yeah, shoot me a link, man, and I'll post a hell out of it. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, we, appreciate we got 3,000 listeners in a month and a half, and it just keeps growing. It just keeps growing, and we just want to get everybody out there and help them out. All right, well, I apologize now for uh, making that go back down. No, I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we appreciate it, Alan, and it was great catching up and great getting to hear your story, I, and I've loved working with you, and I've sat back and let him handle this one, but I want to thank you uh, for coming on, and, and yes, definitely got to get you back at a later date maybe in 2019 oh. when you start start back up and put you out there again but thank you so much yes sir for coming on thank you very much with us yes sir i do appreciate it sorry if we kept you up past your bedtime yeah you know i'm getting old man and once the street lights come on i try to close my eyes and get some sleep you ain't kidding my <laughs> kids already passed out we're gonna wrap this up and we're probably gonna head to the house and i heard that man yes thank sir you, thank you have a good night
Iron Man, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another extraordinary episode of Wrestling with the Locals. Uh, you got to hear some information about all that. Alan Steele, one of the great professional wrestlers. So much respect that he has for this business and the guys that he works with all over this area. I'm going to try to wrap this ending up rather quickly. Uh, CollarandElbowBrand.com, code CCWA29. Saves you 10% on all purchases of merchandise. want to thank Rent One and Swirls of Paragold. Ladies and gentlemen, that was all that Alan Steele. Check him out. For Titanic, I am Gabriel Devine. This has been another wonderful episode, and we hope you keep downloading and listening. Thank you for listening with Wrestling with the Locals.